They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Virginia isn't for one type of person. Virginia is for road trippers. Are we there yetters? Mountain hikers and dock sitters because they're not active hikers. People who are kayakers. People who are not kayakers. Campsite campers and horseback riders. Wow, there's a lot to fit in here. Flatwater lovers, beach sun tanners, hole-in-the-earth explorers, and Shenandoah valiers. Should I keep going here? Well, you get the idea. Because Virginia is for all sorts of lovers. So come love it for yourself. Welcome. Here we go. It's that time again. Matt Connerton unleashed and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you are in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is a Tuesday, February 1, 2022. By the way, so interesting thing. Whenever I say the word February, I try to do, I try to put the R into the word but a subtle R. So it's not obvious that I'm including an R, but something I learned in school when I was a kid, I had a English teacher, Mr. Phelps. I think this was ninth. Yeah. Ninth grade. He said that most people pronounce that word wrong because people, everyone thinks the R is supposed to be silent and that it's February, but that's actually incorrect. You are supposed to include the R. It's just subtle. So it's February. You almost don't notice it, but there's an R in there. So I try to do that, too, in honor of Mr. Phelps. It's like the word macabre. Um, There's an R. So it looks like, you know, if you don't know the word and you see it on paper and you've never seen it before, it looks like macabre or macabre or something. But it's macabre. But if you ever listen to on Sundays here on WMNH, they have the old time radio shows, which are really cool. And on uh, my personal favorite show that airs on the old-time radio shows is CBS Radio Mystery Theater. I love CBS Radio Mystery Theater. But it's hosted by E.G. Marshall, who was an actor at the time. And at the end of every episode, he says, join us next week for another journey. How does he say it? Another journey into the macabre. But he actually pronounces the R. But again, it's subtle. He says macabre. So the R is there, but you almost don't notice it. But I notice it. I notice it. So, but uh, but maybe E.G. Marshall was saying it wrong, and you 
are actually supposed to keep the R silent. I don't know, but I like including a nice, subtle, just kind of under the under the surface R. I think it's fun. So that's how I say February. See, if you listen closely, you can hear the R. I'm not making it obvious. That way I can kind of win either way. You know, whether you think the R is supposed to be there or not, it doesn't matter. You will not be upset or bothered in any way by how I pronounce it because I'm sort of putting the R in, but I'm not really putting the R in. It's like I'm kind of uh, noncommittal about it. See, that's what you do. That's what I do. Uh, anyway, so here we are. It is February 1. That's the other thing. Going forward, I've decided because I've been a little wishy-washy on this. Do, would I say in this case February 1 or would I say February 1st? I've decided to go with I'm going to say February 1 and tomorrow I will say February 2 instead of February 2nd. Um, and the reason for this is, again, just practical. There are certain numbers like, for example, 5th. I find that a little difficult to say, so I'd rather say February 5 than February 5th or February 6th. That's really hard for me. February 6th? Uh, nah, I, I want to keep it nice and clean. These are New Year's resolutions that I've made, my friends, that I don't share with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm pulling back the curtain. I'm breaking the fourth wall, so to speak. I'm just letting in on all my broadcasting secrets. That's actually all of them right there. That literally is all of them. Uh, anyway, so welcome to the show. I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot. Don't go there today because Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but the Hopknot on Elm, they are right across the street at 1000 Elm Street. They are open Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, I hope to get Kenny back on on the show soon. It's actually been a, a long time since he's been on. But uh, Kenny, uh, of course, um, he used to come in on, on Mondays uh, somewhat consistently for a while. But, you know, very busy uh, person, of course. But, you know, the Hopknot is a black-owned business. And now that we are in February, uh, it is Black History Month. So uh, so I really want to get him in for at least one sort of uh, deep dive on a Monday afternoon into, uh, into some issues. Uh, like I said, we kind of... We kind of had a run of doing that every Monday for a while, but then we had to really clamp down with COVID. We weren't having guests in here for a while, and then everyone got vaccinated. And so, although I, I am, you know, requiring, uh, I can think of one person who wants to come back on the show, but I'm going to have to tell her she can't until, uh, you know, until we're well past this uh, pandemic, but, or, or it becomes endemic or whatever ends up happening. But, uh, you know, I, I do insist that everyone who enters the studio while I'm in the room is vaccinated. We're not, uh, you know, we're not playing any games with that. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it'd be great to have, uh, it'd be, be great to have Kenny back in uh, soon. And we can, uh, you know, at, at some point before the end of the month, while it is Black History Month, and as EZG points out in the chat room, it's also uh, Lover's Month. Is that what he put it, how he put it? Because it is... Uh, uh, Valentine's Day, of course, uh, coming up February 14th. So uh, let's see. If you'd like to join us today, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. Uh, you can also um, interact and opine in the Facebook live chat, and we will say hello to everyone in there momentarily. Uh, but the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Speaking of dulcet tones, it is Tuesday, which of course means in the second hour, we will be joined by Mr. Mike Sutterth for his weekly Tweakonomics segment. 
So we always look forward to that. Yesterday on the show, we had a big surprise. Uh, apparently, it was uh, a really big surprise uh, to a certain someone. <laughs> uh, if you missed yesterday's show, well, yesterday's show, uh, I, I I thought was uh, was pretty good, if I do say so myself. Uh, the first hour, and it ended up being a long segment. We went uh, over into the second hour. Uh, Jenny was here with me, and we had joining us uh, via Skype, Billy Painter uh, from the uh, great state of Idaho. And Billy is also the host of Outlaw Radio, uh, a, a great show that airs online. I mean, I don't agree with the politics of it particularly. Um, Billy's uh, very conservative, and I am not, as you know. But um, but he's uh, Billy's one of those. I've been on his show a couple of times now, and he's. I, I find him very easy to talk to, and even when we're discussing issues where we disagree, it's just, um, you know, some some people. I mean, I, I, I enjoy talking about things with people with whom I disagree because I think it's more intellectually stimulating than a bunch of people just sitting around agreeing on everything. I mean, that's fine, too. And look, I'm human. So, yes, I get that little bit of an endorphin, endorphin rush when somebody says to me, hey, Matt, you know, I agree with you on that. You're right about that. You know, of course, you know, everyone likes to hear that. But, uh, but I also enjoy disagreement, and I, I think it makes for um, uh, compelling content. But some people, though, it's they're, they're so hell-bent on proving that they're right, that uh, it's it's difficult to have a conversation with them. But um, but Billy's not like that. He's he's someone I find very easy uh, to speak with on uh, on issues and, and have a, you know, an actual substantive uh, conversation. Uh, not that we were speaking about issues upon which we disagreed yesterday. We were uh, talking about the recent gun training that he went to over the weekend and, and and uh, some of the gun laws and so forth. And, you know, I, I know everyone thinks I'm a big liberal, but I'm actually, you know, on gun rights and Second Amendment issues, I'm, I'm somewhat uh, conservative uh, slash libertarian. But we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hi, Matt. Ron, I, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but unless I'm crazy and losing my You're mind. You're crazy! I swear to God, the radio, I was listening to you on the radio up, upstairs in my room for uh -huh. a, a minute ago. And it was uh, yesterday's show. Is that possible, or am I just losing my mind? It was yesterday's show? Yeah. Isn't today the second? No, today's the first. Today's the first? Today's February 1st. Oh, all right, then. Okay, then I'm, I'm wrong. I thought today was the second or something. I thought yesterday. Oh, oops. What? Well, yeah, but... like all right, never mind then. Yeah, I thought I was hearing yesterday's show. I said, yeah, that's weird. You were talking about... Forget it. Just drop it. Sorry, I made a, I made a mistake. I just okay. Whoops. No, no problem, Ron. All right, man. All right, all right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I'm, I'm doing a live air check with this little portable radio that we keep in. I don't know if you can hear the echo. And yes, it is today's show. Right now, currently broadcasting on the FM band ninety-five point three here in Manchester. Okay, I can shut that off. That's that's what we use to make sure we're on the air. Oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I was trying to, I thought I could do that much more smoothly and efficiently than I did. <laughs> I was trying to put it back without uh, accidentally unplugging anything. I don't think I accidentally unplugged anything. Nope, it's uh, definitely uh, today's show live going out at 95.3 frequency modulation. That's what FM stands for, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, I've uh, yeah, I've been in radio for a bit. I know these things. Ah, no, you, you all probably didn't know that. Ah, I'm a professional. 
Uh, AM stands for... Oh, crap. I can't remember what AM stands for. All right, I don't really know that much. Sorry. For a second there, I felt really knowledgeable. And then I realized I can't remember what AM stands for. And then I was like, no. Oh, now I feel completely incompetent. Like, I don't know anything. I'm useless. I go to these extremes. Anyway, which is my favorite Billy Joel song, incidentally. But yes, uh, we are live, 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 live on February 1st, 2022. Oh, but I was starting to talk about yesterday's show. So we had a great discussion with Billy Painter, and that actually went long because um, uh, everybody in the Facebook live chat was enjoying it, and we were taking calls and uh, got a lot of uh, positive response uh, to that. And then uh, in the second, well, actually, he was here the entire time, EZG, but in the second hour, we got to uh, have a bit of a conversation with him, and something interesting happened. So apparently... EZG was supposed to be on the morning show with Peter White this morning. Of course, the morning show with Peter White, weekdays from 7 to 9 a.m., live right here on uh, WMNH uh, with a replay from 2 to 4 p.m. Actually, Ron, perhaps coincidentally, you could say, was uh, on the morning show today. But uh, apparently, EZG was supposed to be on the morning show today, and it was going to be a surprise but Peter White, seeing EZG on this show yesterday, felt that the surprise was ruined. And so, in fact, EZG was not on the morning show today as he was supposed to be. So, um, so EZG ruined the surprise. And uh, I guess we have a new scandal. What, what, what should we call this one? Ruined surprise gate? Seems a little cumbersome and yet appropriate. Uh, to the situation. Now, of course, EZG, as you know, has had many, many scandals and public humiliations. Uh, I think uh, the worst one, of course, Taco Gate. Everyone remembers Taco Gate. Uh, the, the entire city was engulfed in, in this uh, scandal and in sour cream. Uh, it was uh, just a, a terrible thing. A tablet gate, another EZG scandal. Someday we'll do, uh, not probably not on this show, but we'll do a separate uh, podcast that just uh, focuses on all of EZG scandals. Uh, Scott Wigan is in the chat room and says, AM stands for amplitude modulation. I knew that. Nah, I forgot. I forgot. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Amplitude modulation. When I was a kid, AM radio. Wow, I'll tell you, it sounded terrible. There was like this weird whistling effect that would happen. And, uh, and but I, I think they've got that worked out because, and everyone thought AM radio was dead. Like when I was a kid, that was, you know, adults would talk about, oh, AM radio is going away and FM's completely taking over. But then um, uh, talk radio, political talk radio really kind of saved FM radio. And I mean, AM radio rather. And, uh, and today it continues to thrive. It's interesting how that, how that works. How uh, something you sometimes something you think is going to go away ends up sticking around. Sometimes things you things you think are going to end up sticking around end up going away. But um, and sometimes things that you think are going away forever they do go away, but then they come back. Like EZG, for example. I shouldn't say things. I should say people because we love EZG. But uh, but but he does have a new scandal. Ruined surprise gate. Um, I will take suggestions if someone can come up with a better name uh, for this particular scandal. You're welcome, Scott says. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Um, very good. Very good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got caught up with uh, Eric, our uh, entertainment reporter emeritus. The position seems to be open because uh, Christian uh, Lacoste, of course, 
our friend uh, DJ Reckless hasn't done one in a while. So um, Texas Mike had expressed an interest at one point, but that didn't go anywhere. But what can you do? But uh, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. Got a bunch of stuff I want to get into uh, today, but let's say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Jenny, uh, first one in, says, Shalom, peeps. Shalom. Uh, Mike Pelopita joins us. Mike, of course, from another one of our amazing sponsors here at WMNH 95.3 Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall, named, of course, for uh, General Sunbeam. Uh, Easy G is in the chat, says happy lovers month and happy Tuesday. Uh, we are on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the Royal Rumble this year, uh, getting uh, poor reviews, but, uh, we are on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, Mel McMell joins us in the chat and says, what crazy blank do you think Ron is going to say this afternoon? Murder confessions? Yeah, Ron was uh, confessing to some uh, heinous crimes uh, on the morning show uh, this morning. I couldn't believe it. He, uh, he's he's uh, that guy. He's, he's got a past. He's got a little bit of a history. Uh, I think he may have at one point been, uh, if I may use this term, a ruffian. Yes. So we'll see what else he might, uh, perhaps he'll call in today, uh, this afternoon with more conf- uh, confessions. But if you want to hear what he confessed to this morning, you'll have to go back and listen to The Morning Show. Rocky Huber joins us in the chat and says, Will Easy G find romance in the month of love? Stay tuned to find out. Well, Rocky, a spoiler alert, uh, no, uh, he will not. Uh, he, uh, we have tried. Look, let's be honest. I mean, I, I try to be nurturing. I try to be positive. I try to be encouraging. Uh, we love EZG, but we have tried to help him uh, in the past with love. And he just, you know, I, I hate to say it. It's such an old and overused cliche, but it is true. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So uh, we can lead EZG to the lake of love, but we cannot uh, get him to bathe in it. Uh, that was a... a terribly tortured uh, expression that I just uh, came up with, uh, which uh, I don't think will, uh, I don't think anyone will ever repeat. So it probably won't catch on. Actually, when I think of Lake of Love, I think of that scene with uh, uh, Apollonia Katero at, uh, uh, what is it, Lake Minnetonka? Is that what it's called in uh, Purple Rain? <clears throat> anyway, uh, Paul E.C. joins us in the chat. Hello, Paul. Paul, of course, host of Retro Spectrum Radio, which returns Friday night, uh, this Friday night, of course, every Friday night at 730. Uh, I am one of Paul's co-hosts on that program, along with our friends Dan Randlett and DJ Steve. Uh, Paul, as uh, some of you are probably aware, has had COVID and he is recovered and feeling great. And we will see him Friday night. Really looking forward to that. Uh, Paul says, I'd like to hear a nice belly button lint story. Would you now? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Eric Street joins us in the chat and says, prank calling confessions. Oh, I know a lot of pranksters. I don't know if Ron's ever done that. Oh, it didn't. Uh, oh, that's right, though. Peter on the morning show. He, he said he used to prank call his old boss. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, Mel McMell says, did you guys listen this morning? The first half hour was filled with confessions of a sociopath. Ron, and all the violent and illegal stuff he has done? 
Uh, like I said, I think he's uh, I think he's a ruffian. You know, Ron is such a nice guy, but but for all we know, he could be an international crime lord, and and we just uh, wouldn't know it. You know, as long as he brings us uh, the occasional pizza on Friday nights, uh, I'm willing to overlook just about any crime. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, uh, my stomach is very much for sale, and I can be persuaded to look the other way uh, for a slice of that Elm House house pizza. Hold the honey. No honey. They put honey on it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul says, I was trying to listen while I was working, but missed most of it. I have to check out the playback. Miriam Banish joins us in the chat room and says, good afternoon. Hello, Miriam. Uh, Miriam, rather. Uh, I don't know why. I, I can usually say Miriam, but for some reason uh, it came out Miriam, which would be a nice name. There's probably somebody somewhere named Miriam like an amalgam of Miriam and Marianne. M Miriam. It's kind of fun to say. Rocky Huber says, I bet it wasn't even a dead fish he was uh, smelling in his house. It was a, oh God, I'm not even going to finish reading that uh, comment, Rocky. That's funny and all. I just have to be a little bit careful. You know, I don't, uh, I don't wish, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a little dark. Rocky, though, is one of my favorite commenters in the uh, chat, I have to say. Um, Nemi Jones joins us in the chat and says it was a great show yesterday. Thank you, Nemi. Mel says, I'm human, exactly the type of thing non-humans would say. Now I'm suspicious. Well, as John Hopwood likes to say, he likes to point out that I'm actually a Yeti. Uh, and then he says, uh, terribly, uh, speciest, not species, not species, species. Spe speciesist what would be the term i don't know it's like racist but if you're talking about a species and uh the things that he says i have to tell you now look i always say that whatever ball breaking that is done here on the show is uh is always done with love and affection but some of what john hopwood says uh referring to my yeti heritage you know i'm quite hairy it uh some of it i do find a bit hurtful and cruel and uh there have been a few times i've gone home in tears but um but I am human. I can uh, like that. Uh, what's that song? I'm only human. Um, <laughs> Polly C says it's 1978, Ron. Go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. Mike Pelopita says, I thought it was Wednesday up until about a, an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Uh, Nemi says, at least you can read, Matt. That is true. Pretty good. Pretty good reader. My mother can speed read. She uh, explained it to me once. I never learned how to do it, but she explained to me that it's like, there's probably different ways to do it. But the way she learned how to do it is she uh, looks down the center of the page. So it's kind of like, instead of reading from left to right, your eyes go down the center of the page and you just, and you're able, and by doing it that way, you're able to take in the entire sentence quickly. That's how she explained it to me. I don't know. I don't know. Rocky says, don't forget about, about the Creamland pooper. Oh, in terms of scandals? Yes. John Hopwood actually accused me of being the Creamland pooper. Again, some of his comments to me are hurtful and cruel. Uh, speaking of AM radio, Nemi says, dude, WBZ AM will continue after the rest of us are dead and gone. Yeah, that's uh, probably true. Probably true. Um, like the radio signal on Lost. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, if there is ever a nuclear war... 
Uh, the two things that will be left will be cockroaches and WBZ AM. Ah, well, after that comment, I guess uh, they won't be responding to my resume, but uh, that's all right. I'm kidding, of course. What? Um, <laughs> Rocky says, by WBZAM, are you referring to Howie Carr, Matt's arch nemesis? Yes, well, he is. You know, Howie Carr, of course, he is regionally syndicated uh, throughout New England, and he is, I believe, my direct competition for political talk radio in this market locally here in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, however, Howie Carr, I think is, uh, like 90 years old or something. So, um, if I can't catch him in the ratings, uh, I will, uh, uh, I'll still be alive when he's dead, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, I was looking for a nicer, uh, kinder way to, to put that, but, uh, yeah, someday he'll be dead and then I'll be number one. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Nemi says, BZ is just out of range for me now, but WRKO was another mainstay over the years. Um, I don't know if RKO is still on. I believe it is. WRKO, I believe that's still around, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, let's see. So we got to, uh, we'll see how, how many of these things uh, we can get to. I, I have another number of things that uh, I wanted to try to tackle in this first hour. Um and I'm not going to do these in any particular order, but uh, before we get into that, again, 603-250-6007 is a number if you'd like to chime in on anything, 603-250-6007. This is from insider.com. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, someone whom I have uh, at times uh, given credit to and at other times been uh, severely disgusted with, and I would say over the past number of years, um, uh, much more of my uh, thoughts about Senator Lindsey Graham have been uh, thoughts and musings of great disappointment and disgust uh, rather than uh, even mildly complimentary. But uh, Lindsey Graham has done something. He's said something that uh, I uh, want to give him credit for. And it's not something you necessarily expect to hear from a conservative Uh, particularly a Southern conservative from South Carolina who is a United States senator, Um, you know, uh, there is a a Supreme Court vacancy opening, and President Joe Biden, uh, back during a debate um, in South Carolina, uh, said at the time that during the 2020 election cycle that if he was to be elected president, he would appoint, he would nominate, a a black woman to uh, to be uh, to sit on the Supreme Court, and that seemed to help him quite a bit. When I mean, I always say Joe Biden owes his presidency to Congressman James Clyburn of South Carolina because uh, Clyburn not only gave him uh, a very strong endorsement. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast. 
from Mickey D's? For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. To really galvanize the black vote in that state. But it also helped. Clyburn was the one, and we're learning now, uh, some things have been written about this just recently, that Clyburn is the one who really prodded uh, Joe Biden to make that statement during the debate. And I always say the reason Biden owes his presidency to James Clyburn is uh, Biden was doing horribly. He tanked in both uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. And then the next big one after that on the way to Super Tuesday is South Carolina. And had Biden not turned it around in South Carolina, he would have been done. I firmly believe that. I actually thought at the time Bernie was going to be the nominee. James Clyburn saved Joe Biden's presidency. Now, the president is trying to follow through on his pr- on his promise. And I really like what Lindsey Graham had to say about this. But we'll come back to that in a moment. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt. How you doing? It's Paul. Paulie C. from Retro Spectrum Radio with Paulie C. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well. WRKO was founded in 1937 and is still on the air uh, as we speak. It's a Boston radio station, and it's now owned by iHeart. Okay. Yeah, iHeart Radio yep. owns. They're like the Walmart of radio. They they they're everywhere. Well, that's kind of what turned radio into what it is today. You know, a lot of people who are younger than us will never be able to appreciate the way radio was as as early as 20 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were all. I don't know if they were independently owned, but there were many more radio station owners in the United States than there are today. I think there's only like three or four um, in the country today who own all the radio stations, uh, you know, that a lot of us grew up with. And a lot of them are gone now. You know, it was uh, how awesome was it to listen to WBCN at night, you know, or even in the morning with Charles Lockwood Dara. And, you know, it it made you they made you feel like friends. You know what I mean? Kind of like you do. You know, it's. It's like a ta- they were they were more interactive with the uh, listeners and they had a much better music selection back, you know, 20, 30 years ago on radio when, you know, they were more of an independently owned type of uh, situation versus what they are now. Like these big corporate companies like iHeart own these radio stations and you hear the same exact songs day after day on the on different stations because they're all owned by the same people now which is kind of a bummer that's what i like about our radio station is because you know we kind of keep it original we're one of the last surviving few independent type of radio stations where you know we interact with people and that's why they like to listen to us you know what i'm saying matt i do well, a lot of um, a lot of the reason too why and and you know people don't know this because radio stations you know unless you're unless you're in the industry or, or you keep up on it you you wouldn't know because they they camouflage this part, but a lot of times w- when you're listening to a what is presented as a local station you're actually listening to someone who is in a radio studio somewhere in another part of the country 
for example, there is a, and I, I won't say who, who it is, but it's a, a station that I've had a, a business relationship with. Um, but there, there's a certain radio station here in New Hampshire, and people can figure out who I'm talking about if, if they follow me at all. But um, that their programming actually comes out of Denver, Colorado, and a company called Dial Global where and mm-hmm. and Dial Global is a company that services a lot of these radio stations where you've got a, a you've got a, a DJ in a booth in actually I don't think they're in Denver anymore I think they moved to a different city not that it matters but they're on the other side of the country and you have a DJ who sits in a booth and and acts like pretends that they're here and you know and it's not like they so you know they don't take any calls from listeners they don't take requests or anything like that you know they give you the sports and the local weather and that kind of thing, right. the local news, you know, quick things here and there that are fed to them uh, by the station that they're on, that they're broadcasting on. But usually, too, when they're in one of these radio studios, they're servicing several different stations at once. So they might do a quick break on one station, and then they've got to do another one on another station. And 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 so they're on multiple stations within an hour just doing quick, you know, hey, here's what's coming up on the uh on you know w whatever and um so so they're not even in the same and the funniest thing about that too the particular station that i'm talking about when when they first started working with dial global swear to god you would hear uh a dj you know give give a, a just a quick you know two minute news update and would mispronounce some of the names of the towns here in New Hampshire because they just didn't know, you know, like Bo, New Hampshire, they pronounce it bow or something, you know, just because they didn't know. And it's just kind of funny to, to hear that. But, and that's always a giveaway when you hear a DJ say something where, uh, they didn't say that quite right. They're not, they're not from here. Are they? No, they literally aren't from here. They're in another part of the country. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a lot of, uh, what radio is today. I mean, on, on Rock 101, which I don't listen to much. I mean, I guess if there's, you know, if you're in the area and you have a bad signal and you like rock music, that's a great station. But I guess there's a morning show there with a guy who's been there for quite a while who actually in the morning, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, he's also on a radio station, H-E-B, uh, along the, the coast. Well, where yeah. The, his morning show is broadcast on both stations. Now, I remember at one point that was the case a while back. It's been a while since I've listened to FM radio other than us. But uh, I, it might still ring true today where, you know, this morning show that you hear the uh, uh, on these local stations, a lot of the times you don't even realize these people are, are thousands of miles away and they're broadcasting on multiple stations. But kind of like Howard Stern did when he started syndicating when he was still on terrestrial radio. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the morning show you were talking about, the morning buzz, I think they're on, I think they're regionally syndicated now. That's an enormously successful show. It, regionally, I think they're on probably five or six. Last I knew, I haven't looked in a while, but um, last I knew they were on five or six different stations in New England. Um, may, maybe more than that now. They're very successful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that doesn't surprise me. Again, when I was listening to it back in the day, it was only on those two stations. Yeah. And that's when things were really starting to blow up anyway with the broadcasting industry as far as national syndication and these companies buying out the smaller companies. You know, it really bummed me out in 2009 when WBCN went off the air in Boston. In fact, 
if you go to YouTube, you can do a search and listen to the last hour of WBCN before it went to static, which is really chilling and and kind of, I mean, we've, we've done dedication episodes to WBCN on retro spectrum radio several times over the years. And uh, we play that. I include that into the show um, because if you're a WBCN fan and you hear this last hour, in fact, the very last commercial that WBCN played after the very last song they played and before saying goodbye forever on the air was a Dr. Pepper commercial by Gene Simmons of Chips. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Right. And then it just went away. And yeah. also somebody in Facebook saying that WAAF 107.3 WAAF is now a religious station, another rock station that was personable. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the DJs would talk in between the records to the audience and you could call in and they put you on the air. And, or even if you just wanted to call in and make a, a, a song request, they were there and the DJs would answer the phones. And I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling on now, so I'm going to cut this short. I just wanted to let you know that RK, RKO is alive and well uh, on AM radio. AM radio is not going anywhere soon. No. Um, it's it, it's the first experimental broadcast of AM radio was back in 1897 around there. And it's still going strong after all these years. So yeah. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. Long live AM and FM radio. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Paul. Hey, Paul, what, right. what, what, I mean, what are, what are we doing Friday night on the show, by the way? On Friday night, we are going back to the eighties and we're going to be playing, um, solo artists who left their bands to become solo artists, big names from the 80s. A lot of stuff that people haven't heard in a while. You know, there are some of the more famous ones, you know, like Steve Perry thrown in there. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of other ones that were hit at one point when MTV was huge in the 80s of these solo, like Keith Richards uh, from the Rolling Stones put out a great song, Shouldn't Take It So Hard. Yep. Uh, Peter Wolf from the Jake Isles band was big in the 80s. So we're going to be featuring some of his music uh, and a few other big names that you just don't hear of anymore. And if you do hear of them, we'll be playing the hits that were big in the eighties that you just don't hear anymore. Joe Walsh from the Eagles, when Mm -hmm. he went solo Mm -hmm. in the mid eighties, he put out a great album called the confessor. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be playing some music off that album, Uh, a bunch of great stuff. And it's going to be great to be back on the air with you guys. So you don't want to miss that show this Friday night gang. All right, Matt. Have a good afternoon. All right, Paul. Take care. Thank you. All right. That was our friend, uh, Paulie C. And of course, looking forward to Friday night retro spectrum radio with Paulie C. Friday nights from 730 to 10 p.m. right here on WMNH. Uh, Nemi in the chat was saying, didn't WZOU come up uh, here in conversation uh, not long ago? Yeah, I used to listen to WZOU when I was a kid. Now, today, uh, ZOU is WJMN, Jammin 94.5. But when I was a kid, ZOU was a um, like a top 40, top 40 pop station. And um, although the top 40 format has changed from when I when I was a kid, there was a lot of rock music mixed in. Uh, it, it's uh, the formats have changed over the years, but um, and there's and there's more of them now than there used to be. But um but yeah, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, 
uh, they had the Boston Morning Zoo. And the Morning Zoo concept has been replicated on many stations across the country to the point that it's kind of a cliche in the radio industry, the Morning Zoo. But uh, that's why um, Howard Stern, whenever he makes fun of Glenn Beck, he refers to him as a zookeeper. Because when Glenn Beck started in radio, he started out doing one of those morning zoo. He was part of that morning zoo franchise on whatever station he was on. So Howard always calls him a zookeeper. But um, yeah, I uh, I remember listening to the Boston Morning Zoo, and uh, I I was so into it that uh, I was such a radio nerd. Even when I was when I was a little guy, I would actually record the show. What I would do is. With my boombox, I would, on a cassette tape, I would record the show every morning, or at least the part that I would get to hear. I'd only get to hear some of it because, you know, I had to go to school. Plus, I wasn't getting up at 6 in the morning. But, you know, from like, you know, 6.45 to 7.45 a.m., I would listen. So I'd, I'd record it during that time. And what I what I actually would do is I was trying to record the bits because it was music, but they would also do these comedy bits and sketches and uh, commercial parodies and so forth. So I, I would record all of that. And then if I liked something, if I thought something was particularly funny, I would keep it. If I didn't think something was that great, I would rewind the tape and I would tape over that bit. So, and then I would make these, I was really I'm such a little nerd about it. I would make these tapes and I would, I would call them, you know, the best of the Boston morning zoo volume, whatever. I think I got up to like 50 of them. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's what I used to listen to, WZOU in Boston. Um, Paul says, when I was a kid, WZOU was WCOZ, kick-ass rock and roll was their slogan. Um, and then he says, uh, didn't WEEI uh, grab Greg? Yes, grab Greg from WAAF after the, uh, after the Minahan-Callahan breakup and I was just uh, refreshing my memory on all that last week. Yeah, Greg Hill, right? Is that his name, Greg Hill? Yeah, they, that, that did happen, I believe. Yes, yes. A lot of consolidation uh, over the years in the radio industry. So we're very blessed uh, to have this uh, forum here to be able to do this because, no, Paul was right. I mean, but but uh, although I look at it a little bit different, so um, I, don't, I don't really, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nostalgic, but I'm not, uh, but I don't I don't bemoan the changes in the industry either. I just see it as, you know, everything changes. And there and nothing is truly local anymore anyway. This is how I look at it. Nothing is truly local anymore because we have the internet. So take this show, for example. Obviously we have a local audience here in Manchester. This is where we are. Uh, you know, people are listening in their cars driving home and whatnot. It's afternoon drive, right? But we also have actually, and, and it might even be a larger audience. Uh, people listening online. I mean, you know, we get, get a handful of people on Facebook, but then on the website and other streaming platforms and so forth. And then uh, people get the podcast later who don't get to listen live. And it's on all the podcasting platforms, of course. We we make sure of that. So, um, so nothing is really local anymore. At least that's how I think of it. I know not everyone who works here at WMNH thinks of it that way, but that's that's how I look at it. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Matt, Ronnie. Hey, hey listen, remember Greg King from the Greg King band? Yes. Our he was a jockey out in Iraq. He, we will used to listen to him on the base. Oh, uh, yes. I did know that he got into radio, but I didn't realize that. So he actually, he, yep. he was on air in Iraq while you were there. Wow, no he, kidding. He, he was on air, on air, and I don't know his location. Huh. I don't know if it was done remotely or however, whatever, but he was... Um, 
He was a DJ in Iraq. I'll be damned. Oh, that's really cool. Huh. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. And I think we've said it before, but when I was younger growing up, I used to listen to uh, BLM, HJY. Those were two good stations. You could you could get them in Salem, but not everywhere because it was far away. If you if you were lucky, you got it. And if you didn't, well, well but it, they, they had good stuff. Yeah, WHJY is in Providence, but they have a very strong signal. You can you can get them throughout most of Massachusetts and Connecticut and that that whole that whole part of New England. Uh, that that yeah, that was um, who oh who was it I used to listen to on HJY in the afternoon? Um, Charles, not not Charles Laquadera, who's a very famous Charles in radio. Uh, in the Boston area, but a different Charles. I can't remember his last name, but Charles on WHJY, I used to think was pretty funny. He was on in the afternoons, and I would, I used to have to go to, to that area occasionally for work, and I would listen to him, and I always enjoyed him. All right, one more little shout out or, or shout out from the audience. Yes. Your friend called in and told you what AM stood for. Yes. What does AD stand for? I'm dying to know. I, I've, I've heard people say, and I forget all the time, you know, when they talk about BC and AD. Uh, I was taught that AD is after death, but I think it also, but I think no. there's, yeah, yeah, because it refers to Christ. BC is before Christ, AD is after death. That's what I was taught in Catholic school. However, I believe uh, there are there is an alternate uh, meaning for AD. But uh, but again, growing up Catholic, I was taught yeah BC is before Christ. Well, if you were and, taught that in the Catholic school, then that's all yeah. I needed to know. I always thought that was a false, um, and, and that's not what it was. But I, I think right. I think you there, answered that question. I think there is an alternate, more technical definition, uh, not definition, but. I, I think I think AD is is short for something else. I mean the same thing in terms of time, but uh, but I think there's an alternate. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is an alternate interpretation of what AD is supposed to mean. Because if you're not religious, I, I, it doesn't mean anything. I can't remember what it was called, but there used to be a radio station right in Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah, my mother worked there. I don't know what she did. I remember way back, you know, when I was like. Uh, Nine or ten or something like that. There was a radio station right uh, down there by the off the exit there too. Ramada ran over that way. A little radio station. A lot of lot of stations have come and gone over the decades. It's a tough business. Uh, Paul in the chat says AD is the Latin abbreviation for Anno Domini. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, which means in the year of our Lord. Okay. So there you go. Now, now I know. Yes, yes. Now you know. Thank you, Paul. And thank right, you, Ron. Well, talk to you guys. All Bye-bye. right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That was our friend, Ron. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. If you'd like to get in before the break, we've got a few minutes left in this hour. 603-250-6007. I do want to make sure I get to this uh, just quickly because, like I said, uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, I don't know if he'll ever fully redeem himself in my eyes, but I did appreciate this um, because, uh, you know, Uh, We were talking earlier about Biden and South Carolina and how James Clyburn helped him turn that around. And like I always say, I believe Biden owes his presidency to James Clyburn. You take Clyburn out of the equation and Bernie Sanders, I believe, would have been the nominee and maybe he would be president. But um, so Biden made that statement during that debate that he will nominate the first black woman Uh, to the Supreme Court, and he is making good on that promise now, or he has an opportunity to. And um, Michelle Childs, I believe is her name, is the individual who James Clyburn is really pushing for 
Uh, but there are a couple of other names who are in the running. Anyway, so you've got conservatives, some of whom, like Ted Cruz and others, who are saying, oh, this is affirmative action, and he, sh- you know, uh, he shouldn't be uh, approaching it this way, and so forth. Uh, but Lindsey Graham, a, you know, pretty conservative guy, uh, came out and said this. Uh, this is from Insider. He said, Lindsey Graham said nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court would make it look, more, quote, look more like America, unquote, not affirmative action. There is precedent for this, by the way. For example, uh, past presidents like Ronald Reagan said, you know, I will nominate a woman to the Supreme Court. So, um, and other presidents have done that too. So this is not new. Uh, Biden uh, said, I'm going to nominate a black woman. I believe that is a perfectly appropriate thing to do. Uh, Graham rejected the idea that Biden tapping a black woman for SCOTUS is affirmative action. The senator said the president had a wealth of qualified candidates to choose from. Earlier, Senator Roger Wicker said a black female nominee would be a beneficiary of affirmative action. Uh, I don't know how old Roger Wicker is, by the way, but he sounds like someone who is from another time. Let's just uh, put it that way. Uh, So those were the bullet points. It says here, Senator Lindsey Graham on Sunday refuted the notion that President Joe Biden's pledge to nominate the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court was affirmative action. He said doing so would make the court, quote, look more like America, unquote. During an interview on CBS's Face the Nation, the South Carolina Republican told moderator Margaret Brennan that he was supportive of qualified minority candidates being considered to replace Justice Stephen Breyer, who is expected to step down from the Supreme Court later this year. The senator said, quote, put me in the camp of making sure. By the way, I know in the past I've done an impression of Lindsey Graham. I'm not going to do this here because I'm not in this case mocking him, but actually agreeing with him and giving him credit. (laughs) Quote, put me in the camp of making sure the court and other institutions look like America. You know, we make a real effort as Republicans to recruit women and people of color to make the party look more like America. Affirmative action is picking somebody not as well qualified for past wrongs, unquote. Not only do I give him credit for what he's saying, but the way that he said it, the way that he expressed that, I think was perfect. Could not have said it better. Uh, Graham's comments came after Republican Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi... You knew it had to be. <laughs> you knew it had to be somebody from the South. Um, not that I can't imagine a New Hampshire Republican saying that exact same type of thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, of course I can, and I'm sure they have. But anyway, um, I should probably the, the Northeastern elitism is probably uh, ill placed. Uh, and I apologize for it. Graham's comments came after uh, Wicker of Mississippi in a recent interview said the black female candidate that Biden nominates would be a beneficiary of affirmative action, which on Saturday elicited a rebuke from the White House. Uh, in the interview on Sunday, Graham praised J. Michelle Childs, a judge on the U.S. District Court for the District of South Carolina, whom Biden nominated earlier this month to serve on the Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit and who is now being considered to replace Breyer. Uh, He said, quote, Michelle Childs is incredibly qualified. There's no affirmative action component if you pick her. I can't think of a better person for President Biden to consider for the Supreme Court than Michelle Childs. She has wide support in our state. She's considered to be a fair-minded, highly gifted jurist, She's one of the most decent people I've ever met. 
it would be good for the court to have somebody who's not at Harvard or Yale, unquote. Wow. I mean, uh, props to him. Uh, Grammarly went all in on this. You know, he's not he's not even trying to be slick with it. Like, you know, she might be qualified and I might consider her. But, you know, no, he's this is uh, I mean, we know from, for example, comments that uh, unflattering comments Lindsey Graham has made about people in the past. Seems like another lifetime now uh, about people like Donald Trump that he had no problem uh, walking back and uh, trampling on <laughs> in the future, right? But um, but it, it would be hard for him to really come back from this and say, oh, I didn't mean any of that. I don't think she's qualified or something like that, right? This is a full-throated endorsement. Uh, it says here, Graham also said that there were other black women he believed would be well-prepared to serve on the high court. He said, and again, I'm really glad he's said this, quote, President Reagan said, running for office, that he wanted to put the first female on the court. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of qualified African-American women, conservative and liberal, that could go on to the court. Unquote. Good for him. Uh, the White House confirmed last week that Childs, uh, who has also been praised by Democratic House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn of South Carolina, was being considered for the seat. Yeah, as from what I understand, that's that's who Clyburn really wants Biden to go with. Now, that probably does give her an edge because, like I said, Joe Biden, in my opinion, owes his presidency. I don't, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic about it. I quite literally owes his presidency to James Clyburn. You take Clyburn's endorsement out of the equation and Biden loses South Carolina and loses the nomination. So um, Michelle Childs is in a pretty good spot here, I think. Uh, Graham once again uh, reiterated that Childs, who received her master's degree and Juris Doctorate from the University of South Carolina, had a wealth of expertise in labor and employment law and would be well-suited for the court. He said, quote, I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action. I do see putting a black woman on the court, making the court more like America. In the history of our country, we've only had five women serve and two African-American men. Unquote. Uh, Biden is set to announce his pick by the end of the month with Senate Democrats angling to swiftly move the nomination through the upper chamber. Yeah, um, that's that's fantastic. So uh, good on him. It is rare these days that I say anything nice about Lindsey Graham. And I appreciate the senator giving me uh, a reason to do so. Uh, Nemi Jones in the. Uh, oh, there was. Oh, I, I think I know the station you're thinking of, Nemi. Is it uh, she said in the chat room, there's a station in Concord that played nothing but vitamin string quartet. <laughs> and it was the best Muzak station in town. Um, I know I grew up in Concord, so I know what station. Um, not WKXL. Uh, oh, I totally know which one you mean. Oh, it's escaping me now. Damn it. It was so awesome, she says. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. 
Price and participation may vary. McD app, download and registration required. I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's. I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club. Opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. I totally know what station you mean, and I know the call letters. I just can't. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know the station you mean. It'll come to me later. If it comes to me uh, before the end of the show, I'll blurt it out. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, we are, let's see, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, Mike Sutterth uh, should be arriving momentarily for Tweakonomics. But let's do this. I'm going to play a little, again, it is the first day of Black History Month. I'm going to play a little, uh, I've never played this on the show, little James Brown for you. And then we'll show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we will be back with our number two of Matt Connerton Unleashed coming right up. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. We are into our number two, Numero Dos, of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is uh, February 1, 2022. So hello, everybody, uh, on this uh, glorious Tuesday. Uh, Mike Sutterth should be in to do his weekly uh, Tweakonomics segment, although he's not here yet, so I hope everything's okay. Um, I don't have any kind of a message from him, but uh, maybe he's just running late, although that can be a problem (laughs) because that door downstairs locks at 5 p.m., and I'm the only one here, so it's not like there's uh, somebody to just let him in, but... Um, but I hope everything's okay. Maybe he's, he got tied up with something. But uh, uh, if he makes it, he makes it. If not, we'll have him on another day. Uh, let's see. Uh, I do want to remind you, of course, we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot in the Brady Sullivan right across the street. I can wave, but they won't see it because there's no one there today because they are closed on Monday and Tuesday. That is their weekend, but they're open Wednesday through Sunday. They've got the delicious gourmet pretzels. They have an assortment of craft beer they have trivia night every Thursday night. You know, Wednesday mornings on the morning show, Bill Cini uh, does trivia right here uh, at WMNH. And then Thursday nights, he is at the Hopknot and does live trivia there. That is a very popular feature there. So if you're going to do the trivia at the Hopknot, and I recommend it, it's a lot of fun. You want to reserve a table for that early. Get your spot early because uh, those fill up quickly. It is uh, very, very popular there. 
Uh, but maybe you don't want to do trivia. Maybe you just want to have some delicious gourmet pretzels and some craft beer. The food there is great. The service is great. We're very honored and proud and privileged to have them as a sponsor. And they've got a lot of great things coming up in 2022. So I really recommend the Hop Knot. Uh, if you'd like to join us today, you can call 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Uh, you can also text me at 617-917-4476, tweet me at Matt Connerton, or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Uh, but the best thing to do is give us a call at 603-250-6007. By the way, a couple programming notes. If you missed yesterday's show, it was the return of EZG Eric Gagnon to the chagrin of uh, Peter White of The Morning Show. <laughs> but, uh, but Eric was here yesterday, and he's going to be coming back on the 15th. And uh, he wants to set up uh, Katie Dobbins uh, to uh, call in or Skype in. I think she'll be remote. But... Um, so we look forward to that. I, I said, uh, yes, uh, I approve of that. That would be wonderful. Uh, also, uh, Billy Painter joined us on yesterday's show, too, uh, all the way from Idaho. He uh, Skyped in, and we had a great discussion. So if you missed yesterday's show, I do recommend it. Uh, Thursday of this week will be the first Thursday of the month, which means I will be uh, doing my monthly appearance on the Dr. Kevin show, which is uh, every— uh, Every Thursday, but I'm on there the first Thursday of the month, and we talk about politics and current events, et cetera. So that will be uh, coming up later this week. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? It was uh, WWHK, Matt, and Wevo is uh, NHPR. Oh! I know. Also, I got a little too excited in the in the chat room, and they say I can't comment right now. So I, was, I got a little too <laughs> excited about talking about the historical nostalgic radio. But it was I really enjoyed that. The rabbit hole. I didn't expect it. So thanks. Have a good have a good show, guys. All Bye. right. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, that's nice. Um okay, so I was wrong. So Wevo is but was Wevo yeah, Wevo probably always was NHPR. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Very good. Um that's fun talking about uh I just love radio. I've always loved radio. I'll tell you what though, when I was a kid, see when I was a kid I thought Someday I'll work in radio, but I'll be I'll be a DJ and I'll I'll it'll be fun. I'll be uh it'll be cool to intro the the songs and you know coming up we're gonna have some lick it up by Kiss you know and uh, I I had never imagined I I could not have imagined when I was a kid that I would actually do a talk show. Since I was such a I was so shy I was painfully shy painfully shy even around my own family my dad listens to the show he could tell you I was so quiet. I was such a little introvert. I mean, I'm still an introvert, but I'm able to be extroverted in front of a microphone or on a stage or whatever. But, uh, you know, if you if you see me on the street and you say hello, I'll I'll run away and cower in fear because I'm generally terrified of people. That's an exaggeration. That's a slight exaggeration. <laughs> no, I like people. I'm just, uh, you know, introverts. We, yeah, we're in our own heads a lot. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? All right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 603-250-6007. If you'd like to chime in, 603-250-6007. Um, so I, I should uh, – there's a couple different things we could go with. Um, but uh, people I, – I, a couple people asked me my opinion today. So we'll do this because we do talk about this kind of thing a lot on the show. Uh, and I have some uh, nuanced uh, thoughts and – feelings and opinions about this. Uh, Joe Rogan 
uh, issued uh, somewhat of an apology and a pledge to do better in terms of his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. And obviously the controversy, and it, it, it's been brewing. This has been brewing for months and months, but it, it kind of reached ahead when uh, Neil Young said, uh, I want you to pull all my music off of Spotify because Joe Rogan is the marquee name on Spotify. Now, and, and by the way, full disclosure, uh, this show goes up on Spotify. The podcast goes up. You know, we distribute it because that's one of the major podcasting networks. So, you know, we make sure it's on Spotify and uh, iTunes and all that. But as one would expect. Um, but um, but we don't get, you know, we don't get money for it like uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, you know, they when they signed him, I think they actually backed a Brinks truck up to his uh, front door and they just uh, started throwing bags of money at him and said, uh, come be with uh, Spotify. So um, I, uh, I've i got a little bit of mixed feelings. I've had some criticism of Rogan, which one might expect in this case, because if you know me at all, and of course, if you're a listener of the show, you know that I am, and I'm the only one I've ever heard use this term, but it's how I describe myself. I am a COVID hawk. Uh, in other words, I take COVID very seriously. I see it as an existential threat. Uh, I support doing whatever is necessary to fight it, et cetera. I, well, I shouldn't say whatever is necessary. There's some things I wouldn't do, but um, but I support the mitigation steps that we have a country have, have taken. Uh, I'm on board with, um, with uh, you know, the, I mean, you know, it sucked to have to do it, but, you know, shutting things down and, all the stuff we did, you know, starting with the 15 days to slow the spread and everything else, uh, mask mandates, um, you know, I uh, there's there is a libertarian that lives uh, within me that is uncomfortable with all of that. But I feel that extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. And this was an extraordinary circumstance. It's a 100 year event. You know, the, every about every 100 years or so, there's a plague and you've got to deal with it. So and. Again, if you're a listener of the show, if you're consistent in your listenership, you know that some of my probably angriest moments of just sheer frustration and rage and bewilderment uh, have come when uh, ranting and expressing myself about, you know, uh, the anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers and the COVID deniers and uh, my frustration at, you know, I often say we live in the United States of anti-science where people would rather believe in conspiracy theories or, uh, you know, fringe websites that tell them uh, things about vaccines that aren't true and all of that. People, quote unquote, doing their own research instead of uh, what I would have hoped uh, would have happened, which is, you know, we all dig in and work together and defeat this terrible virus so that we can get past it. So, you know my feelings. Um, Nemi in the chat says, it's not that he's dumb, it's that his listeners think he's smart. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think Joe Rogan is dumb. Um, and I actually do, I, I, I will challenge you on that, Nemi. I, I do think Joe Rogan is, in, in some ways, smart. I, I, I would not describe him as, as unintelligent. I think Joe Rogan is very curious, which is why... He is able to have three hour because if you're not familiar with the Joe Rogan experience as program, um, those that I went through a phase where I was listening a lot. I haven't. Uh, yeah, I didn't say he's dumb. Right. But you did say it's that his listeners think he's smart, which would imply. 
Well, but then I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway. <laughs> I phrase that very precisely, LOL. It's not that he's dumb. It's that his listeners think he's smart. But are you saying that his listeners are wrong? Because if you're implying that his listeners are wrong for thinking that he's smart, then aren't you saying that he's dumb? I don't know. Anyway. Well, I don't think his I don't think his listeners who think he's smart are dumb either. If he's smart, why would they I think I might know what you mean. We'll come back to that, Nemi. I want to make sure I understand you. And I think I maybe I do. Um he isn't the smartest guy on the radio. Well, Nemi, that's of course he's not. <laughs> come on. No, but uh I I I do give Rogan credit. I've always given him credit for this. I could not do what he does. And part of it is, again, because I am an introvert. Because as much as I can be, I can pull the extrovert out of me pretty easily to do something like this. And this is actually where I'm most comfortable in front of a microphone or on a stage or whatever it may be. Um, to actually sit with another human being and or or a couple of people sometimes he has more than one person Some, sometimes there's two people but usually it's one or two i've even seen three on his show but usually it's one most of his conversations are one to sit in a room and have a dialogue one-on-one -on -one with another person for three hours some are a little shorter some are a little longer i could not do that um people tell me i'm a good interviewer i like to think that i am I could not sit and have a three-hour conversation. I don't care if it's the most interesting person I've ever met and we're talking about the most interesting subjects that I could ever want to discuss with another human being. I could not, I cannot imagine a situation where I could sit and speak to another person one-on-one -on -one for three solid hours. Introverts, many of us, become physically exhausted when we get, uh, you know, after a certain level, a certain amount of human interaction with another person. We, we do. We actually do. Um, I'm sure not all of us do, but many of us do. We, we feel it. We feel physical fatigue, believe it or not, from too much stimulation with another person. And, and that's why we need time to ourselves very often after, you know, uh, too much stimulation, too much social stimulation, right? So... I just I just couldn't do it. I'm, sometimes I'm exhausted after this show. Sometimes after this show, you know, not, today I'm the only one in the room, but if it's a situation where there are other people here and if it's a very lively show, sometimes at the end of the show, I just need to kind of sit here just quietly after everyone leaves. For real, I will, I will sit here quietly by myself and just kind of not do anything for five or ten minutes or, or longer. Uh, it, it's been as long as 20 to 30 minutes where, although if it's that long, it's usually because something went wrong, <laughs> but, but I, I will sit here quietly and just sort of decompress because I'm tired. I'm physically tired from spending that much time with other people in a room. It's true. So I could not imagine doing what he does. And, and if you've ever seen, I've watched or listened to very few of them all the way through. Um, the one he did with Paul Stanley of Kiss, 
you know, I love Paul Stanley. Kiss is my favorite band. Of course, I watched that one all the way through. And there's been a few others over the years, right? He's been at it a long time. Before he was on Spotify, you know, he built the show on YouTube and was enormously successful. But, um, you know, I don't have as much time as I used to, too, to, to invest. It's funny. I remember the first one he did. He's done two of them with David Lee Roth. And um, that that was very fatiguing. I never even got through that. I love David Lee Roth, but he he's exhausting just on his own. Um, and I don't mean that as a knock. He's interesting. But at a certain point, it's like, oh, my God, I don't know what he's talking about anymore. And neither does he, clearly. He's just rambling. It's like reading his book. I read his book, his uh, David Lee Roth's autobiography, Crazy from the Heat. It's just a lot of rambling. So uh, the point is, I do not have the skill set to do what Joe Rogan does. So I'm impressed. And that he's able to have a three-hour conversation with somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's been on the show a bunch of times. And it doesn't lag. It, it doesn't, you know, they don't take breaks. They just go. And he's able to engage with that person. And I think, I do think he's smart because he's curious. Joe Rogan is a very curious person. And he seems to be curious about many different things because he has had, I mean, yeah, um, some musicians, a lot of UFC fighters have been on the show and people like that, you know, because he also is a commentator in UFC. But but he's also had people on the show discussing some subjects where it's like, if I were in that position where I had to talk to this person about this particular thing, I don't know what I would do because I'm not even interested in that particular subject. So I wouldn't even want to talk to that particular person, not for three hours. So, you know, I mean, I'm a curious person. I'm, I'm curious about a lot of things, but I'm not curious about as many things as some people are. Some people are curious about everything, and they love learning so much that even something that might be boring to you, they're interested in learning about it. If for no other reason, then they just don't know anything about it, and they think it would be fun to know something about it. So I, I really have a lot of respect for Joe Rogan in that way. And I think he does an excellent job of doing that, of having a three-hour conversation with somebody. And, uh, and, and that ability, I've known people like that, and I'm always envious. I've, I've known very few people. It's kind of a rare thing, but I've known a few people over the course of my life, and you probably have too. You can probably think of someone you know or have known who just is one of those people who can talk to anybody about anything. Like, you can put them in a room with anybody, and they have that combination of the charisma and the conversational ability and that sort of outgoing personality. But also, they know enough. Maybe they're, they're just one of those people who just seems to know a little bit, just a little bit of something about everything. You know, those people. I've, I've known a few of them. <laughs> and they can just do that. They, they, can, they can have a conversation with anybody about anything, under any circumstance, and they're just BSing their way through it, but they can do it. So I, um, I, I think Joe Rogan is that guy, you know? Um, now, Nemi brings, uh, okay, so Nemi says in the chat, it's possible to not be dumb and not the brightest bulb either, right? Uh, clearly, he's not dumb, hence the Brinks truck. <laughs> yes, uh, he definitely inspires a certain target market, some Rogan fans are like the rabidly frothy uh, Ayn Rand worshiping uh, hashtag LOL. Uh, uh, Bert, oh, LOL. I, I can't even say that. Uh, or those, uh, in my opinion, bloviating turds as Stefan Molyneux 
Molyneux or, or Jordan Peterson. I get what you're I get what you're saying. We have a call. Oh, nobody there. Um uh, he knows enough to get himself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stefan Molyneux, by the way, what a, that guy is a turd. I agree. Jordan Peterson is kind of interesting to me because I think in some ways he's awful, but some of his self-help stuff is actually, um, not terrible. Um, anyway, who is, there's somebody who does a really funny impression of, of Jordan Peterson and I can't remember who it is, but, um, but but he's Jordan Peterson is nuts. Uh, Stephen Molyneux, I think, is just plain evil and creepy. Stephen Molyneux is so creepy. Like he he you know I see these videos of him online with that you know he he's got he's got the the ball. He just he looks like if you saw him in public, you wouldn't want to go near him. Not because you think he's dangerous or he's going to stab you or something, but because you think he's probably going to kidnap you and take you somewhere and torture you. He just looks like someone who would. And he probably is. Anyway, um, but I, I, so I think Rogan has a very unique skill set. Now, and I like that he's willing to talk to different people who maybe have very different views about certain things, different than other. See, this is where he's got into trouble, in, in my opinion. So he, he's talked to some people on his show who maybe have some, shall we say, alternative ideas about COVID. Uh, that are different from the mainstream. But he's also talked to people who have very mainstream uh, ideas about COVID, like Dr. Sanjay Gupta of CNN. So there is a, to be fair, and he brought this up in his apology, there is some balance there. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, it's EDG. I guess the uh, five o'clock person is not coming in, I guess. Yeah, I hope everything's okay. I haven't heard from him, so I hope he's all right. Yeah, he won't be able to get in anyway because the door's locked, like you said, huh? <laughs> Th- that is correct. Yeah, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, like I say, on the, on the Brady Bites, maybe something suddenly came up. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. It is Tuesday, yeah, right? I listen to the uh, BZ once in a while, and they just celebrate their 100th anniversary. Who? WBZ, 1030. Oh, okay. It's our 100th anniversary. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they've been on the air for a long time, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I think I brought these names up before, but the uh, they, got, they, they had a long show. They were on uh, uh, 1 a.m. to um, yeah, one a.m. to 5 a.m. on um, 1370 called Red Eye Radio. Ever heard of those guys? Red Eye, yeah. Oh, I hate. Uh, no. Yes, I have. And they're awful. Oh, you don't like them? They're awful, and I hate them. Yes. I know who you mean. All right, I think they're quite interesting, but they uh, they always give a shout out to long haul truckers, the million, the million, the million uh, mile club. Yeah, here's the here's the, the thing. Okay, it, it's not you know, and they're yeah, they Gary McNamara and uh, Eric Haley. They, the other guy's got a good name, Eric. They <laughs> they 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 sit there and just recite. Yeah, it's a conservative talk show, which is fine. Yeah, but, it definitely is. Yeah, but what is the they're point? Not big fans of Biden at but, all. But what is obviously. the what is the point, Eric? of having two hosts on a show who have the exact same personalities. Those two individuals are completely interchangeable. 
They speak exact. Not only do they have all, yeah. all the exact same opinions, which you expect in conservative talk radio. Of course, they have all the same opinions, right? God forbid you ever allow any independent thought to get in there. But they have the exact same personalities. They have the exact same inflection yeah, in their right, voices. They they almost have the same uh, tonality in their voices. You almost can't tell them apart. It's I find that very tedious. You at least want a little bit of dynamism in in, a, in something like that, where where you've got two different people who have at least slightly different personalities. They are literally the same person. You could take one of yeah, them well, out I of the mix. Sometimes if, if I don't like what they're talking about that particular night, sometimes I turn on the uh, GIR, the Coast to Coast Radio. Yes, they're on like they're on like one to one to five too. AM Coast to Coast. <laughs> I can't sleep a certain night. My dad and I were. They always used to talk that. about the same things: UFOs and uh, uh, psychics, and they, 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 oh, they oh, they're big for that. They tend to uh, they tend to talk about the, the same subject over and over and over. So that's get kind of old too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how many times you can hear about Bigfoot and UFOs and uh, psychics and predictions and. I remember, like uh, probably ten or twelve years ago, I listened to uh, I listened to a little bit of AM Coast to Coast, you know, because I'm usually up late, and um, it was kind of fun to sample it, and then I got bored with it very quickly. Yeah, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but that that, that lady talks about sports. She's on like, she's on like. Uh, I, I think another time, yeah, like one to five, two that um, on one you know, two to six or something. Yeah, she's uh, talked about sports. That I can't think of her name right now. I forget her name too. She's from Concord, Concord, yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, I've listened to her in a long time, but she's really good. Yeah, no, she's very good at what she does. I used to catch her a little bit if because you, if you like sports, she's the to uh, me, she's the one that I listen to. It's funny because there's not really a lot of sports uh, people out there that that are women. That is true. It is a very male-dominated uh, industry. Although, oh, although it it does seem like I get the impression. Again, I don't watch sports, but I get the impression right. that there's uh there's actually in in television. There's a lot of women now uh, working on uh, you know ESPN and and other uh, sports networks. It seems like I, I credit where due. At least this is my perception. It seems like they've really right. uh, made an effort. Uh, in television sports broadcasting to uh, you know to, to bring more women in, which I think is great because at one time that was very male-dominated, and maybe it still is, but not as much as it used to be. But I get the impression on sports talk radio there are very few women. Yeah, I know. The one that gets a lot of press is the uh, – uh, she used to be on uh, Dancing with the uh, – was it Dancing with the Star? Yeah, I think it was Dancing with the Star, Aaron, uh, Aaron Andrews. Yeah. She gets a lot of press on the uh, – she's been on Fox for a while. Mm-hmm doing that sports stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts on Joe Rogan? All right, I just thought I'd give my uh, two cents about the uh, the radio, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you later. All right, EZG. Thank you for the call, my friend. Take care. All right, yes. As EZG said, uh, yeah, Mike Sutter, he, he didn't make it. Uh, something must have uh, suddenly came come up. Uh, something suddenly came up. That's right. Um, 603-250-6007, if you'd like to chime in, 603-250-6007. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't agree with some of the criticism uh, hurled at Joe Rogan recently. And by the way, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be depending on him for journalism necessarily. He's not a journalist. He, he's a podcast host. And, he, you know, he has these very open dialogues. Um, so I wouldn't hold him to the standard of, say, a journalist, whatever that means anymore. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning. 
and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. Now, I have had some criticism, though, um, in terms of, again, as you would expect because I'm such a COVID hawk, um, I don't like that at times he really has, in my view, exhibited kind of a uh, a little bit too much of a cavalier, laissez-faire attitude about COVID. Um, when he got COVID and he put out that video saying, you know, hey, I got COVID, I had to cancel, uh, you know, I had a show you know, because he's also a stand-up comedian. By the way, I am a fan of his stand-up comedy. I think as a stand-up comic, he's very good. Um, I've, I've been a, a fan of his uh, stand-up for years. I, some people don't like it, but of course, people have different tastes in stand-up comedy. I, I'm a Rogan fan on that. Um, but I remember when he put out the video saying, hey, had to cancel the shows uh, for a couple of weeks uh, because he was doing a, a mini tour, I think, um, because uh, I got covid and he said, you know, I'm doing okay. You know, we, we're throwing the kitchen sink at it. You know, the ivermectin and the, the hydroxychloroquine and whatever. You know, everything that we know, the monoclonal antibodies. We're doing all that. So I'm going to be fine. But just wanted to let you guys know I got COVID, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I remember watching the video and thinking, um, and when I've seen other things where he's commented about it since then, it, it, yeah, it would have been nice. I just... It, maybe I'm being too nitpicky. And again, I'm such a COVID hawk. I would have loved if in that video, if he had just maybe just one quick comment about everybody stay safe, you know, COVID is real. Don't take it lightly. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from everybody. I'm going to do the, do what I got to do to treat this, but this is not a joke, you know, just something like that. But what it came off as this is just my perception. Okay, he didn't overtly say any of this. This is my perception. But his attitude in the video to me just kind of came off as, yeah, I got COVID, but no big deal. We're able to treat it. You know, we threw the kitchen sink at it. He actually used that term, kitchen sink. So we're treating it. So so that's what's up. And it just, to me, it came across as sort of, the, the other day on the show, I was complaining about people who they get covid and I'm not saying he was doing this, but some people, they get COVID and they do really well with it. And then they have this attitude that they project, if you're talking to them about COVID, where they'll say things like, oh, uh, Dirk says, who are we talking about? Talking about Joe Rogan. Hi, Dirk. Dirk Don from Arrogant Media. And of course, the Java Fog uh, YouTube channel is in the chat. Some people, they, um, they get COVID and they're fine. You know, maybe they're asymptomatic or maybe they have mild symptoms or whatever. And then they they kind of project this attitude like, well, I see it all the time on social media. Well, I had COVID and it wasn't a big deal. So I don't know what the big deal is. Why is everybody worried about COVID? Which is, to me, 
like the most narcissistic thing in the world when somebody, you know, millions of people have died, millions of people have ended up close to death, millions of people have long-haul COVID, millions of people have permanent damage to their organs because of COVID, but, but, th but then you see these people who are just like, yeah, I had it, it wasn't a big deal for me, so I don't see the problem. It's like, because it's not all about you. And Rogan kinda, I got that vibe from him a little bit, to be honest with you. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, it's David Grover. Oh, my God. David. <laughs> you remember. Oh, man, I'm so stoked. Matt, I was just flipping through wow. the channels on my radio. I never listened to the radio, and I heard this voice that was in my head. I was like, is that Matt Connerton? This dude's still doing this, and he's on the radio now? Yo, for, I want to say I am so happy to hear you doing it. Dude, you have polished your game so well. Thank you. You, sound, you are so good at what you're doing right now, dude. I'm so happy to hear you. It is, yeah, amazing, dude. You're doing, you're crushing it. Well, thank you so I much. Was, I just went through, like, I just, like, went internet search. I've been living in Virginia. I've been gone for, like, seven years. I just went through, I went all, all over your internet, just, like, deep searched you online, dude. You're doing really great, man. It's really great to hear you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Did you know that uh, Norm, that's, for those who don't know, that's how we met. Uh, did you know that Norm passed away recently? No way, man. You know, I honestly, I, I, I honestly, I had felt like he had to have. He just kind of disappeared. You know, I kind of would Google him every once in a while. No way, did he? Yeah. Well, he was still doing his TV show every week and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. But, I know. I couldn't get it. I was living in Virginia Beach. I, I yeah. yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, but then uh, yeah, j just a couple of months ago, he passed away. Apparently, he passed away in his sleep. And um, oh well, at least at least he passed. Man, that's too bad, dude. He was a good guy, man. That's like it's like, yeah, Manchester lost a good one. He was a good dude. That, too bad. That's part of why it's so wild to hear from you because I was I was thinking of you recently when he you know when Norm died. I was you know reflecting yeah. as as one does. I was reflecting back on when I was his co-host on his TV show and and you know thinking about everything that had happened and 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 of course so you came to mind because uh, you were a, yeah. a frequent caller and, and 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 we met you at one of the events and uh and, and so I was thinking of of you just recently so it's wild that you uh that you called after all this time yeah that's we, so funny I know it's been it, it has been years and years yeah it's been, I mean almost a decade I think I'm 35 now that was back in that was like over a decade ago I yeah say. oh yeah dude wow wow how is it yeah. uh, how is it where you are now you like it there uh well no I'm I'm in Manchester New Hampshire right now so oh. I mean I not really it's cold again oh, <laughs> but I gotcha. no, Virginia is real nice yeah yeah oh very good very yeah, good the yeah, the weather was a lot better. Yeah, are you, did you move back up here? Or are you visiting or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I moved back home. Oh. Uh, I got married, had kids, uh, bought a house. I was living down there, and then uh, my wife passed away, uh, so I moved oh. back home. Sorry to hear that. Wow. Yeah, me too. Jeez, well, she must have yeah, been young. It's all good, but yeah. yeah, back in New Hampshire. Um, yeah, it's but yeah, you know the snow is ridiculous. It's too cold. <laughs> Every time I go outside and have to shovel, I'm like, man, I got to go back south. It is too cold here. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad you're back. Uh, this yeah, is, uh... man, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm... wild smug. That's crazy, man. It's awesome to hear your voice on the radio, though. That's You're like you're really crushing it, dude. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that so much. Are you on, yeah, no problem. Are, are you on social media? Yeah, I got uh, Instagram, Facebook. I got all that stuff. I'm going to add you after I get off the phone. I'm please. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt you down and add you on everything I can find you on. Oh, please do. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a stranger. This is this is great. I'm really, oh, definitely I'm, not. I'm, re I'm really happy to hear from you, David.
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool, cool. And I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan, too, so you're talking about a bunch of stuff I'm a big fan of. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. but Joe Rogan, like you were saying, Joe Rogan comes across as kind of like, like this elitist uh, with certain subjects. He just acts like he knows stuff, especially with the whole, I mean, it's a real touchy subject with COVID, and he kind of came across really crass saying things, but people have to realize he's a stand-up comedian first and foremost. Everything that he comes is coming from a place of their jokes, you know? He's not really... Yeah. I mean, his opinions and how he runs his life, he's not telling people to go out and do everything he's doing. He's just, right. I mean, he's from Newton, Massachusetts. He's a New Englander at heart, you know, so he's still just, he's just winging it and saying stuff and people take things a little too serious and people want to attack him about anti-co. It's, I mean, it is what it is, but you got to realize that dude's a stand-up comedian. Right. He's really not trying to like tell people to change how they're doing things. He's just telling people how he did what he was doing. Right, and he's not a you know he's not a journalist, and and we shouldn't hold him to that standard. Yeah, he's no doctor, and he says that right away. I mean, his right. his little his little info thing is a monkey. He literally tells me, "I'm just a dumb monkey trying to figure thing out like everybody else." Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard him I've heard him say things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Oh shit. Oh, you all right? You, David, are you still there? Did we lose you? I didn't hear him hang up. It sounded like he dropped his phone or something. <laughs> David, are you there? Oh, I think we lost him. Uh, all right. Well, hey, just a quick explanation because uh, I'm sure none of you have any idea who that was because, <laughs> because I've, I've, I haven't talked to him in so long. Um, but David Grover, so back when I was Norm's co-host on Norman Friends, we did that for a long time. And uh, David Grover would call into the show. This was years and years ago. David Grover would call into the show, but he would do these prank calls. And you know me, I actually enjoy prank calls. I'm probably one of the few people uh, who does as far as, you know, doing a radio show or a television show, which we were doing with Norm. Um, so Norm would want me to hang up on him, but I but I would just pretend I didn't hear him because, because I controlled the phone. I didn't want to hang up on him because I'm like, oh, you got a prank call? Well, let's see where this goes. Let's play. Maybe it'll be fun, you know, because I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I like the adventure of it, you know, as long as they don't swear or anything, because then, you know, then you have to hang up and hit the dump button. But um, so, um, so, but David would prank call us, but then we, we got to be, he seemed to like, because sometimes it would depend on what kind of a, what kind of a mood Norm was in. Um, sometimes he would actually want to, uh, want to play. Sometimes he'd want me to hang up on David, but sometimes he was like, eh, let's play. And, uh, so, you know, we got to know David a little bit and then the, um, instead of the prank calls, it got to be more real. Like we got to know the real guy. And then we actually met David at an event. We used to do these events. David came down and, and we, you know, we got to be, uh, friends with him and, um, but yeah, I was thinking about, so I haven't talked to him in years like he said, it's probably been at least a decade, but I was thinking about him recently because Norm passed away a couple of months ago and I was reflecting back on the show on Norman friends and, and, uh, all the, all the good times. And, um, I'd say good times and bad, but there were very few bad. I mean, you know, just mostly just very, very positive memories. I think Norm and I only ever had one actual argument. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was thinking back. So of course I was thinking about David Grover and then uh, here, here we are. Here he is uh, calling. So, so David, if you're still listening, yes, please uh, connect with me on social media, and uh, I would I would love to hear from you more often. I always uh, I always enjoyed uh, uh, talking to you. And uh, welcome back to uh, New Hampshire. 
Uh, if you'd like to get in with a call before we run out of time today, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Um, so, I, you know, I was talking about Rogan, and I, I thought he was a little cavalier about the COVID thing. Um, and I was talking about how, too, it reminded me of how sometimes people take that attitude. Well, I had COVID, and it wasn't a big deal for me, so why should I care about uh, other people getting it? Or, you know, it, it, you know, I, I, I was fine. I survived, which I think is just so extraordinarily narcissistic because it's not just about you. Uh, you know, if you had a great outcome, you know, I'm happy for you, but um, not everyone does. And uh, Dirk in the chat room says, I think what you're talking about is called survivor survivor bias. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Nemi says in the chat and Fox news isn't news. <laughs> um, so, so I got a little bit of that attitude from Rogan. It just, it, it seemed like, but, but the other thing about his video that bothered me too, when he did that, when, it, when he was talking about getting COVID is, you know, he just kind of cavalierly says, well, uh, you know, we, we hit it with the chickens, the chicken, <laughs> the kitchen sink, phonics, Matt. We hit it with the kitchen sink, the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine. You know, these things that, from what I understand, aren't even proven to work, right? But Oh, but the monoclonal antibodies, which do in fact work. But but again, it's like, so he just tosses that out there and it's like, okay, cool. Good for you, dude. Um, yes, there are things. There are things you can do like the monoclonal, I'm not even sure I'm saying that correctly, antibodies that are shown to be very effective. And hey, if you happen to be rich... Or maybe you're not necessarily wealthy, but you have a Cadillac insurance plan. Uh, you can get access to those things. But the average person who doesn't uh, have the resources, um, they may not have access to those things. And they may, uh, you know, they may have a much uh, tougher road with it. They may die, in fact. So... You know, it kind of just made me a little nauseous. You know, he's in that video. He's, and again, I don't think that this was his intention. To be honest with you, I don't think it was his intention. And part of it is my own bias, by the way, because I'm such a COVID hawk. I'm sure part of it is my own bias, you know, uh, uh, unless he came right out and said, hey, everybody, make sure you are careful and don't get COVID. I wasn't going to be happy with anything he said. I acknowledge that. Part of that is my own bias creeping in. But, but I would have, you know... I just think he's been a little he's been a little cavalier about it though overall. So that would be my criticism of Joe Rogan. But I um but again, I'm not gonna I mean I, I a lot of people have been critical of him, you know, painting him like he's some sort of anti vaxxer, which is not the case. I, I don't think that he is. Um, although I don't think he ever got vaccinated either. I remember him saying that he had intended to to get vaccinated and something happened. And he wasn't able to schedule wise or something, but um, should have done it. Should have done it. But yeah, Jenny in the chat says, uh, as if everyone has access uh, like him with deep pockets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, he has always made it clear he's he's a podcast host. He's not a journalist and he's not a doctor, you know, like David said. And um, although... See, now, on the other side of that argument, though, as far, as far as criticism of him, he apparently does have some influence, at least with his celebrity friends and presumably his listeners, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, the guy who lied about being vaccinated, Aaron Rodgers apparently <laughs> went to Joe Rogan and said, hey, I've got COVID, what do I do? So, 
Uh, he certainly uh, has some influence among other people who also have deep pockets. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt, it's Dad. I called it in because I know Dr. Mike is there. I take Dr. Mike is there. He's not. I, I Oh, no, he's he's not there? He's oh, not God. He's not here, and I haven't heard from him, so I hope everything is okay. Um, yeah, geez, I do, I do too. I'm sure, pretty sure everything's all right. Um, yeah, it's been a busy day. I had a uh, visiting nurse and a uh, physical therapist come in. Boy, that physical therapist put me through the paces. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. No, it's good. You know me, I'm an active exercise type of guy all my life, so I'm memorizing all these exercises, and uh, I do them every day, and I walk, you know, uh, here and there. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting my strength back. It's a slow process for sure. And you, you can't, uh, expedite it, you know, you can, you can think it, but you, you have to do it. So it's, it's a matter of integration. Oh, that's too bad. I was, I was going to say, my, I, well, let me say this uh, just quickly, Matt. Sure. Um, uh, Dr. Mike had a beautiful picture on Facebook. You know, I always will be ambivalent about Facebook and meta and all that stuff. But anyway, it is free, as Jenny says, <laughs> and, as, and and as you you have uh, helped me with that, reaching out to people and people responding—that's amazing. It gives me hope in a in a often dark world mm-hmm. that people still care and can interact well with each other and help each other. That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Uh, but Mike, uh, Doctor Mike, had a picture of himself and his wife, and it was just marvelous, you know. And so I just I commented uh, briefly on that. Um, so I was going to say on, on a political level, uh, bring back the Keystone pipeline. Now, China, Joe, come on, do something right. So, you know, people can debate that if they want to, but that to me is logic and common sense. I did hear that, um, you guys agreed and I I know John, uh, uh, has his point of view too. And I do agree that Putin, though he's, uh, hardly an ethical, uh, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas kind of thinker. I don't think he's going to invade Ukraine uh, militarily. I think he'll put a lot of pressure on them and, you know, stomp his feet. But I don't think he'll actually use military uh, action. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, cer- I certainly hope he doesn't. There's a part of that story that I feel is being a little bit underreported. I mean, I've certainly seen it in media, but um, yes. but yeah. the, the Russians uh, cutting uh, communications uh they had um they were supposed to do these military drills off the coast of Ireland and apparently they're they're not going to now but they've been um interfering with those uh, uh the the communications cables that run under sea that effectively yeah. connect continents in terms of the internet and uh the Russians right. have been interfering with those and there's a theory that is out there that uh they've been doing that specifically because they are planning you know it's a a, a kind of a preemptive strike under the water literally uh, as they yeah. prepare to invade Ukraine, so they they might be they might be up to something, but I I certainly hope uh, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too, because it would just create such tension and chaos, you know, and uh, it could lead to a major major war. God forbid, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know we've got some hawks in America, and uh, God bless them, but I, you know they're. Uh, some of the neocons too, that they just, um, they would be trigger happy, I think in that context. Yes. And it could, it could escalate quickly. And I don't think we have any good leadership in the white house. You know, my point of view on that, I I won't argue that point, (laughs) but, uh, 
It just doesn't look good. But, yeah, the Russians are pretty savvy, like the uh, Chaicoms in China, um, about the technology and undermining. And uh, there have been writers in America for a long time, experts saying that um, we're vulnerable to, um, you know, these kind of technological attacks and and attacks Mm -hmm. on the grid, which is really scary when you think about that. Yes. Uh, And we seem to be ignoring building up the grid as best we can. So that that's problematic too. Yeah. I did want to mention that to another issue in a circular way is related to this. Um, and uh, maybe get John, if John's going to be on tomorrow, make his, his opinion on this. He could weigh in on this. Um, as you know, as a Christian man, I say with humility, not imposing on anybody. I love all my brothers and sisters, but, uh, I I love all people and all cultures and what you know wonderful uh, manifestation of uh, just grace and love and art we have with all different cultures. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me. It takes my breath away in a positive, safe way. Yeah. But in China, you've got this guy Deng Xiaoping, who who lauds Stalin and lauds Hitler and Mao, all these murder murderous dictators and. Uh, He's out to to really take over everything that he can, not only militarily, but with the technology. And and he's so oppressive to his own people. I won't go into all that. Um, Well, Formosa, you know, uh, Taiwan, I love them. To me, that's the real China right now. That's not that's not to critique the Chinese people who are suffering. Uh, but the government of China and this guy Dao Xiaoping is the Hitler of the modern world. I, I I throw that out there for your audience to debate and reflect on. So what am I getting at? You know, one of the things that this China Joe that and how they they bought him off and his son. But that's another story. The story I'm concerned about is what I call the genocide Olympics. I'll say it again: the genocide Olympics. It may be tough for people to hear, but um, why? Uh, Biden, to his credit, says, no, the diplomats aren't going there from us. We're not going to support that in Beijing. But the athletes may go. And I get the other side of the argument that our our athletes, you know, sacrifice and they're good and they want to compete and they want to be, you know, Tom Brady and all that. But um, I just think the, the morality sometimes should be the the abiding and sustaining issue and implementation of policy and behaviors. Mm-hmm. And by going to the Olympics and giving this guy and his Chicoms, uh so evil, so destructive, so murderous, a platform of popularity like that is, in my judgment, a big mistake. Did you? So I don't know how you feel about it, Matt. I mean, it's, it's not something sometimes we think a lot about yeah. in the day-to-day. I, I realize that, you know, and we're kind of focused on, understandably, on Putin right now, but... Uh, Deng Xiaoping, bad, bad news for his people well, did and you, for the world. There was a story that just, we're, we're running low on time, but there was a story that just broke. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, that yeah. uh, uh, Chris Ray, uh, who runs the FBI, of course, uh, has uh, said that yeah. he was, when he uh, first came into the job, he was actually shocked. Shocked was yeah. the word he used when he realized the extent uh, to which the Chinese are trying to mess with us in terms of, uh, you know, cyber attacks and, and uh, yeah. um, uh, you know, espionage, cyber espionage and all of that. It, it was it, it, he said it was far, far worse than he ever Absolutely, imagined and, and that they are they are much more 
our enemy than he realized. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It was good to hear. I, I know I, I saw that or I read that somewhere and, and I was, I'm not a big fan of his leadership. <laughs> That's another story. I won't get into that, but uh, I was thankful that he, he acknowledged that and made that, made that public. I mean, you know, this whole thing about when, when they send, and I know we got to go, I'll, 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 make, I'll be succinct on this. When they send Chinese students, some of whom are, are great kids, don't get me wrong, but to study at our universities, they enforce that they're spying on us and sending whatever they can back. And if they don't, they'll pull them back to the country and punish them for that. It, it, it's incredible. But the level of sophistication that the Chinese have with undermining our technology is, is impressive from that standpoint of quality, but it's very, very scary and dangerous. And we need to do, I think, a lot more rather than... Uh, see, oh, this is the thing I want to say, Matt. You know, in Nazi Germany, uh, as Hitler was reigning and suppressing people and, of course, murdering uh, everyone from gypsies to Jews to Catholics, you know, anyone who was not supporting him. Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote about that. I won't go into that, but one of my heroes who, who eventually died was murdered by Hitler. But my point is this. Kodak was involved with that and other, hmm. other American companies because they were making money and they were helping Hitler and, 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 the, and the leadership and Kodak knew this, Matt. Yeah. But they were making big money in Germany, and and they just overlooked that. And that's what's happening in China a lot with American corporations, big business, uh, making money clearly in China, and reflecting that I suppose in the stock market in positive ways that look good mathematically. Yeah. But the question is the morality of that. Is that right. evil? And in my judgment, it's very very evil so maybe john could talk about that he he, he knows about that yeah with yeah germany because the peril is there all right well it, it's it's awful dad uh, great call thank you so much for the call we are out of time so i gotta let you go but uh thank you yeah absolutely thanks matt right, thanks for right. the uh the willingness to dialogue and say hello to dr mike for me uh, peace I, out love you all right love you too <laughs> bye-bye take care all right, there you go. That was uh, my dad, Martin Connerton. By the way, Mike Pelopita in the chat says, unfortunately, they make pretty much all of our electronics, which gives them an easy way in. That is a great point, Mike. Uh, all right, we do have to go. We are out of time. So thank you to everybody who called in today. Uh, Mike Sutterth, if you're out there, I hope you're all right. I'll, uh, I'll message you to make sure. Uh, but uh, maybe he just got here after five and couldn't get into the building. I don't know. But um, yeah, if you missed any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, MattConnerton.com. And uh, I will uh, maybe maybe tomorrow we can get into this uh, story. Jenny was sharing the uh, story in the chat room about the Irish fisherman who uh, basically caused uh, Russia to, to change their plans as far as those uh, military exercises. It's a pretty interesting story and, and uh, pretty cool development, actually. Um, all right. Oh, Nemi says, great show, Matt. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, all of you. And uh, going to get out of here. I'll talk to y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bathrooms. Bath remodels. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.